Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. funny stuff handle here on a monday morning july 11th and it is time for do they have a case uh, brought to you by the lemon law experts at night law group if you think your car might be a lemon call 844-43-LEMON wayne resnick and i go at it where they have a case wayne does uh, the research he reads a lot and comes up with cases and then asks us uh, which way do you think the court went or which way should it go? And usually it's appellate court decisions. And uh, just it, one of two things happen. Either I'm right, which is about 80% of the time. Uh, I'm just dead wrong about 20% of the time. But of those 20% of the time I'm dead wrong, the court went so squirrely that it makes absolutely no sense. Is that fair, Wayne? Yes, I would say you're, you're 75 to 80% right. You're about 50 or so percent technically i would not even say wrong you had a different assessment the court did something crazy and then the rest is you are just wrong and we laugh at you uh, well said okay let's do it guys wayne the first one of do they have okay. a case now you're gonna like this case especially because this all has to do with a lawyer possibly blowing it big time for a client oh i've known that to happen once in a while so first, uh, what, the, what the story, what the lawsuit is about is there was a guy, he was a city engineer, and there was a big project, and he was asked to sign a document certifying that all the necessary rights of way had been obtained by the city, but he felt that they hadn't, so he said, I'm not signing this. And one day he got called into the office, and his supervisor said, you're being a jerk and all this stuff, and sign it, and he said no, and they fired him. So the lawsuit is he's suing the city for violating his First Amendment rights because they fired him because he wouldn't sign a document certifying something that he didn't think was true. But that's not what the appeal is about. They go to the court and the supervisor working for the city says, summary judgment, get rid of the whole case now, qualified immunity. I'm a public official. He's saying I violate his constitutional rights. I'm saying qualified immunity. And so the judge said no. In the hearing, they're in court. The judge says, I deny your motion for qualified immunity. We're going to probably have a lawsuit here unless you settle, maybe. And off they go. The clerk files a minute order. This is what happened. Case was called. Court denies the motion. For some reason, the attorney for this guy believes that he's waiting for a written order to be filed so that he can appeal. 
but the judge never files a written order. He keeps waiting for a written order, which never comes. Then one day on the docket, the court says, okay, trial's coming up and we're going to start jury selection in three weeks. The lawyer goes, oh my goodness, we got to appeal that order from, at this point, 457 days previously. That is, as you know, way too late. You have 60 days to file an appeal, not 457 days. And so, appeal denied. Off they go to the circuit court. Hey, I was waiting for a, a written order. And an oral order from the bench, that's not appealable. And that's not really a final order. And so I did appeal within 60 days of learning uh, what was going on. And also the judge is wrong because he never issued a written order. Well, the plaintiff, the guy who was fired, his attorneys say, all of that is totally wrong. Oral orders are orders. There's a whole history of oral orders being orders. In fact, if you go back to the system we inherited from England, that is how they handled 90% of what they did is ruling from the bench. Number two, yes, technically, under the rules of the court, the court should have probably filed a written order. But that doesn't mean he couldn't have appealed the oral order, so that's not a good excuse for waiting so long. So now, what does the appeals court do? Keep in mind, there is, I think, an element of how much compassion you have for this lawyer, whether you kind of want to give him a break or you don't. All right, so my question is, is there any statutory provision that uh, defines or says that an oral order is uh, legitimate? Or is the uh, state uh, or the statute silent on that? Well, there is not. What there is, however, is decades of custom and practice that oral orders are appealable. In fact, most interlocutory appeals that basically appeals that go up before the case is All over right. are, are after an oral order. And so... I think it's this. Nobody ever suggested before that an oral order wasn't an order. Okay, so uh, I, here's where I'm going to go. Uh, I agree with uh, the statute long passing because if it is customary, uh, customary practice that once an oral order is given, that is considered an order under all practices of the courts with nothing uh, to determine that that's not the case, with nothing to exclude it, I think the appeal had to be done within 60 days, and I think uh, plaintiff's attorney goes, uh, you can't wait. Uh, I think the court goes, you can't wait f f a year and a half. Yeah, he's out of luck. He really screwed his client over, and the client now may have a... Malpractice case. A malpractice lawsuit against the lawyer. And here's the thing. If you're in court and the judge is talking, you need to listen carefully, because one thing they did say is... Whether it's an order that's appealable or not depends on what the judge says. Here's the example. I've heard your arguments, and I'm going to issue a restraining order. That's not an order. 
That's just an that's just a statement that he's going to make. Right. An order. Fair enough. Or, but this judge clearly said your motion is denied. All right, that's fair. That's, that's the specific. End of it. Okay, and that makes a lot of sense. And by the way, the, so the qualified immunity argument never even came up because it was all at summary judgment. It was too well. The the the, the court denied that motion. For qualified no, I understand, but that and issue... then the case became about can you even appeal Understood. that judge's denial, and the answer is you can't even appeal it. You're stuck. I'm much more fascinated by qualified immunity when an employee of the agency is suing as opposed to an outsider. Well, that's probably one of the reasons it was denied. <laughs> Give you a choice: Do you want a case about what is or is not a pipeline, or a case about what is or is not? A business. Uh, let's go with the business one. All right. So uh, here's a guy in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. He is an author, and his name is kind of cool. Corbin Addison Klug. And he writes uh, fiction and nonfiction, and he has some contracts with publishers. So he's doing his thing for several years there. And suddenly the city shows up. And they go, Hi. We see from your Virginia state income tax returns that you get income from this work that you're doing here. And you don't have a business license. And you should have had a business license all this time. So you owe us X amount of dollars. And you need to get a business license. And he says, what are you talking about? I am not a business under the code of the city. I don't fit any... I'm an author. That's it. I don't fit any of the specified categories that you have for the businesses. So I'm not covered. Get out of here. And they say, oh, but we have this uh, catch-all. We have this catch-all thing that any kind of uh, business, any other kind of business, you have to get a license. And the reason I'm laughing is because you can probably see where this is going. So he says, listen to me, I don't advertise. I don't have a storefront, a shingle, nothing. I have no inventory. I don't send out bills to anybody. I don't do anything with the public. Here's what I do. I write. And then publishers pay me for the right to publish my books. You know what? You know who the business is? The publishers are the business. They make books and then sell them to the public. So go after them. Oh, you can't because they're not in the city. Well, the city says, we don't care. We are coming after you hard and fast. So guess where it ends up? In court. And the court says, you know, city, he doesn't fit any of these categories. You have this kind of catch-all, but the problem is it's too vague. And if you have a law, it has to be written in a way that an ordinary person of average intelligence can know what they're not allowed to do or what they have to do, and nobody could figure it out from the way that you have it here. Let's look at what he does, and he basically agreed with the guy. Well, the city doesn't like this very much, and so they actually take it up to a federal appeals court. What happens here? Is this, is this a business 
Is it not a business if he if they don't have a category for authors? You knocked it over again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, you're not in Led Zeppelin. Right. So anyway, uh, so where does this fall? Is he right? It's too vague and it doesn't cover me. Get away. Or is the city have some kind of point because, hey, all, quote, businesses need a license. This is very Bill Clinton. It uh, depends on what the meaning of, of business is. Correct. Uh, I am going to side with the author, primarily for the reason that you came up with, that the law is too vague. Uh, because that means anybody earning money under any circumstances, uh, in any way whatsoever, would it be a business. Uh, it's it's just, it's too broad. It is. There has to be specificity. Now, when you talked about he doesn't have any inventory, uh, he uh, uh, doesn't advertise. Your average accountant can argue the same thing. Uh, but that is considered a business because uh, he does the work and the work is his work that is used. In other words, no one publishes his work. And I think that the publishing, I think he has a better argument with the publisher, uh, the publishment argument. Uh, but I think in the in the end, the court came down to on that the phrase business is so broad, the city uh, they came up with that it reaches into broad and vagueness and all of that. They just went too far is the way I see it. That's what happened. But you also hit upon something interesting that I didn't mention that is part of the analysis because you compared this author to an accountant. Yeah. And they do have a category for professionals, certain professionals. And the city did try to say, well, if you get paid for writing, then you're a professional. And the court said, no, 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 no. He's not a professional because he's not offering a knowledge based service. An accountant has training in accountancy, right? So there, so an accountant is offering a service based on a specified and specialized body of knowledge. This guy just makes up stories, basically. So that's not knowledge-based at all. Also, they would so have you to stumbled across that distinction. Yeah. Also, you would have to argue and that they would have to prove that he did his writing in the city. It, well, that's a whole nother thing that it, luckily they didn't have to get into. But you're right. Then then becomes that problem. Yeah. What if I wrote most of this book, the vast majority of this book I wrote while I was on vacation, while I was in another town? Is that make that a business? So, uh, yeah, I think all the way around. Uh, I'm good. Two for two. Do you want to do a real quick, quick uh, pipeline story? Can we do it in a minute? No. It's too, the pipe. The pipeline story is too there's too much to it uh all right i got one for you this is very fast we, you know you have a right to film police yes and usually when we when people get in trouble for interfering with the police it's because they're directly interfering they're getting too close they're standing right. in the way something like that okay well here's a case where the police are trying to help a woman who's having a mental health crisis the guy is filming he's not that close but the woman the woman they're trying to help is freaking out because that guy's over there filming her. They say, you got to stop it. You're freaking her out. He says, bleh, F you. They arrest him for interfering. Is that a kind of interfering with police? I don't think so. I would argue that First Amendment is First Amendment under those circumstances. Uh, because that argument could go 
to such a far extent. So I'm saying no, uh, that that would not be interference. Which way did the court go? Ah, there's the one where you're wrong. Ah! They said, yep, because the person they were trying to help, the person's reaction, not the cop's reaction to being filmed, the person they're trying to help, her reaction to being filmed interfered with the police's ability to help her. So it was interference. But then you can argue anybody. See, I, I think uh, that uh, there is an issue there because anybody who's being arrested by the police mm-hmm. uh, and is flipping out and uh, and the police can argue that the reason part of the problem here is that it's being filmed, that would enable uh, the police to stop the filming. I think that that can go too far. My take- Although in this case, just to be clear, the woman very clearly repeatedly said, that guy there is filming me. It's making me crazy. And that overrides uh, the First Amendment uh, as far as the court is concerned on as that. As far as in that situation, yes, All sir. right, all right. Well said, or not. Uh, so it's two for three. I'll, I'll take that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.